The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this ch***ns me? No, 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 no! Everybody. Welcome back to Tranifesto, the show voted least likely to succeed by anyone with an ounce of common sense. Did you miss us? I know you fucking didn't. So yeah, it's been a bit of time. Hi. I hope you're all doing okay. I'd Do like to apologize. Do you have an excuse, like, canned no, I- for why we why we did this? Um, so I, I mean, I, I moved. I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah, Rhi was moving. and I experimented with uh, prescription drugs. So what else did oh, you do? Oh, prescription. <laughs> yeah. Fucking howdy-do. <laughs> Fancy shit. <laughs> Look, the only other option I have here in Quebec is to do a line of, like, fat maple syrup <laughs> and just right off of the banal. Um, uh, look it up. Google the banal. Yeah, so we've been away for a while. I'd like to say we had a valid excuse. We didn't. I mean, Re kind of did, but even then, kind of bullshitty. My excuse is just that I'm 22 and I'm not good at living a life. You're too pretty to commit to a schedule. That's your problem. Um, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ugly. All I have is going for me is this podcast and I guess betting on the horse races. That's still a thing, right? People do that. I don't actually yeah, know. Yeah, it's called politics. Oh, thank you. Look um, at Nate Silver on Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the CPC will rise again. Uh, this week, we, we're back to doing movies. Uh, it's great. And this week, we decided to take a little jaunt across the pond uh the one to the left of us whatever that is that's that's the pacific is yeah. it the pacific i don't know i'm not an oceanologist it's because it's, because it's calm and oh okay. pacific means calm like pacifier. yeah now that you now that you live on the oh. east coast along with toronto and winnipeg other look, east coast cities look, it's all <laughs> all i know about the west coast now is alberta is a problem and washington state should join canada yeah, now um, that you've so, moved to the interior. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm in Quebec now. It's, uh, That's the interior. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the deep, deep BC <laughs> interior. So you go past, you go into the Rockies, and you go past Kelowna, and you just keep oh, yeah. going. <laughs> so yes, this week uh, we've decided to take a look at. Uh, it's not often we get to see films come out of Asia uh, with uh, uh, pro LGBT focus, uh, but this uh, this week we managed to. And it is the uh, 2017 film. Uh, the English name for it is Close Knit, uh, directed by Naoko Ogigami. Um, it is a, I would describe it as like a slice of life film. Kind of a family drama. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like three films in one. It's a coming of age film. It's a breaking uh, generational abuse of, uh, in the cycle of that. And also uh, my favorite, trans mom representation because that shit doesn't happen and no that fucking transformed whatever the shit it is doesn't count i hate that fucking show you mean uh Um, no wait the one with the person from arrested development um um, yeah yeah isn't transformed something no uh, no that's that's that documentary we watched oh right oh (laughs) transparent 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 transparent, yeah yeah. yeah. that show fucking sucks i hate well i mean we have to do it on the show at some point so uh, right, we do well, yeah it's valid can someone um, watch it for me can i pay someone to watch it for me <laughs> just make a make it just find someone on fiverr to do your podcast for you <laughs> well i've been doing that the whole time <laughs> oh my god <laughs> whoever's doing this your amy impression is spot on so yeah the uh we'll uh before we kind of get into the film and the breakdown of it uh and why we did or did not love it uh, we have to leave some suspense. Uh, let's do a brief synopsis. So uh, who wants to take it? You do it. You didn't You're... even ask me to introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. We haven't done this for a while. Shit. I'm Amy. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I'm Rhi, and I'm feeling sick. Why are you feeling sick? I'm Madeline. Did I don't you catch whatever Devlin had? Yeah, coronavirus, obviously. Ah. <laughs> Qu- I woke up this morning with like a scratchy throat, so I'm worried yeah. I got it. When I yeah, when I when I said that I moved, I, I didn't mention that I moved into to Wuhan in uh, central China. <laughs> you know, it's the, the 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 coronavirus is a pain, but you know the rent and the weather, oh, totally worth it. <laughs> Can't imagine why it's so cheap. All right, yeah, it's fucking us three. Hello, fucking know us, Madeline. 
awful. Anyways, shit. Madeline, t- talk about the movie. Oh, for fuck's sakes! All right. When's the when's the when's the last time you did one? Uh, when the audio got cut off. Uh, when we had Dylan on. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. So you were uh, forced to do it. I yeah, I was forced to do it in post editing and. God, I wish I could do it here. It's time to get out of your comfort zone. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. So yeah, uh, the synopsis of this film. Oh, fuck. I hate doing these. All right. So the film revolves around Tomo. Tomo is a daughter. She's about 11 years old. Uh, She has a, we will call her non-existent parent. uh, Absentee mother. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of describing it. Like absentee Uh, single mom. Yeah. And so like the mom comes home drunk at night um, and the little girl basically... Uh, Tomo has to like eat basically like, pre-wrapped food and all that shit. Uh, so it's basically setting up this kind of premise that uh, it, there's not a great relationship there. Anyways, the mom decides to run away uh, on... She kind of a... just fucks off to chase a boy, which like relatable, but that's why I don't yeah. have kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to do it, be responsible. And so eventually uh, what happens is Tomo goes to visit uh, her mom's brother, uh, whose name is Makio. Um, and uh, meets him at his place of work, which is a bookstore, and decides to go live with him while the mom is gone. Uh, in the meantime, uh, on the way home, Makio uh, lets Tomo know that he has he's now living with somebody, a very special. Uh, Someone is a little a little unusual. A little unusual, which is the, the I would say is the most PC Asia way of putting that. Oh yeah, that's like a very like your that's like how like your well-meaning liberal parent describes you to exactly. other people. It's like exactly. oh, this is my daughter. She's a little. Oh unusual. god, I just try not to think about it. Exactly. In that regard, they get home, and lo and behold, uh, th- we are introduced to Rinko, who is the trans mom, uh, and she the, is a. The... The trad girlfriend of Makio. Yeah, yeah. In my in my exactly. notes, I, I noted that she looks like um, Kate Micucci. If you guys know who that is. Oh, she totally does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it. Yeah. There's also a CNN video. Same hair. Yes, fall asleep with Kate Micucci. Well, we should watch that later. All right. So yeah. Um. Basically, comes home and we are introduced to Rinko. Uh, is the the trad wife, trad girlfriend, uh, big mom energy, uh, icon to us all or just to me. And uh, basically, from there on, we kind of see this. Uh, uh, I guess the the younger girl Tomo coming to terms with who Rinko is. Uh, there's a yeah. It, there's, there, like comes out to her. Like she's obviously like a very like sheltered kid and like doesn't really have a lot of social skills. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where there's. I mean I I don't think it's it's very well discussed there, but we'll get into kind of Japan and LGBT in a bit here. But basically, uh, uh, Rinko makes a wonderful meal for everybody. Tomo. Um, discuss like discusses her favorite foods and that kind of stuff and it's very awkward kind of uncomfortable not only because this young girl doesn't really have much of a good relationship with her parent but also because she knows who and what Rinko is yeah she's sitting there clocking the fuck out of Rinko (laughs) it's really uncomfortable Rinko's doing her best (laughs) yeah and also I wanted every single one of her outfits by the way she works as a so uh the next day Rinko uh we learn Rinko works as a caregiver in a nursing home with uh Macchio's mother um, who suffers from dementia. Uh, and so uh, in the meantime, too, uh, as one of the cuter parts, uh, Rinko made Tomo a bento lunch uh, rather than uh, uh, Tomo just buying food, which apparently was a common thing before the movie, kind of in a preset. Uh, and it has this wonderful little like hot dog octopus with eyes, and it's the cutest fucking thing on the planet. And so the uh, what ends up happening is, is that we kind of see this whole idea of... Um, you know, uh, Tomo doesn't eat the food right away and it spoils and she gets sick. But she doesn't eat it right away because it's so cute. Right? Yeah. And so it was it was adorable and it kind of, again, sets up the premise of just uh, like how starved this young girl is for attention uh, in that regard. Um, so uh, really beyond awful. that, so basically after this, the, the relationship grows over time. Uh, they start to live together. Um, they... Uh, Tomo learns to kind of open up more and more while still trying to understand the complexities of gender expression identity. There's one scene where she's in the library and she's like reading a book on gender expression so she can get an idea of what's going on. There is also a young boy that we should mention that is her friend. Um, yeah, and, her like gay best friend at school. Yeah, and she doesn't really want much to do with him. Um, but it, yeah, basically gay best friend. Because he's like, yeah, he's like ostracized from his peers for being like kind of gay right and then yeah and she wants to kind of avoid him yeah well as far as as far as she knows that he's just like some annoying kid and she doesn't she you know 
for reasons isn't good at talking to people and then eventually he like comes out to her yeah um and there's also this one really cute scene where he's like looking out the window after while she's looking up the gender expression book and he starts talking to her about like this one boy he sees playing soccer and like when when he looks at him uh his heart flutters it was very very cute and sweet yeah and she just says gross yeah, and so like, Which, I mean, can... that's how I respond when people say that to me. That's just PDA I don't know if in it general. Was necessarily homophobic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just kids being kids. So um, eventually, uh, the the relationship grows between all three of them: Tomo, Rinko, and Makio. Um, and uh, Tomo starts to see uh, Rinko more and more as a mother figure. Um, there is also another character I should bring up in here, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but it is uh, Rinko's mom who I absolutely fucking loved in this. And oh, so, <laughs> yeah, like there's this one scene where Rinko's mom shows up to take uh, Tomo out to dinner uh, and basically like threatens Tomo if to- or Tomo like hurts Rinko. And so it's really, I, I-, I liked it a lot. Uh, but yeah, so the relationship grows. Um, there is a overarching theme about knitting. Um, it turns out that Rinko likes to knit a lot. And a lot of that's to do with things like her first pair of tits that her mom made her. By the way, the mom uh, for Rinko in this That's is... That's also why I knit. Yeah, it's just to make tits. It's... <laughs> I'm just imagining... Just imagining that the, the stone tits are to distract from the dick. That's why you make the bigger stone tits. But yeah, she also she also knits the pain away as a healthy coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah Rinko's like healthy coping mechanism for trauma and anxiety and and also like transphobia in the world is to just knit all of her anger into little like knitted stuffed penises and she's knitting 108 of them to them burn ritualistically in a bonfire to celebrate yeah which I, I may which say is iconic is, may i say is the single that's when i realized oh this is the single most madeline movie i've ever seen in my entire life yeah, because no, I would, if, I, if, if anybody on earth is like i'm not gonna change my <laughs> medical pay i'm not gonna change my gender paperwork until i knit 108 dicks and then burn them in a ritual thing to say to give a proper wake to my manhood it's like <laughs> That's Madeline. That's the most for, Madeline for the thing record, I've ever heard. I would only make sixty nine. <laughs> um, so the. <laughs> So yes, uh, knitting is a big thing in there. Uh, the family actually, over time, learns to all knit together, including the boyfriend, uh, to help. Fucking unrealistic scene where she like, <laughs> fucking Tomo manages to teach the boyfriend how to knit just in like twenty seconds on the beach, and then like a day later, motherfucker is like pumping out knitted dicks like one a day. Like that's just not how it works, sweetie. Yeah. Like, you ever try to teach your boyfriend to knit? It's like a six month process. This is a call out. <laughs> This movie's a one out of ten, literally unwatchable. Um, so there's a lot of sweet scenes as well that are just kind of interspliced in these moments uh, where uh, Rinko like cuddles Tomo, um, and uh, there's also a scene where uh, so uh, Tomo's uh, gay friend's mom uh, runs into them in a res- in a grocery store, and I guess uh, the boy the friend's mom clocks uh, fucking Rinko. And it does this whole, like, you know, are you okay? Is something bad happening? You know, that's the person's weird. You shouldn't hang out with people like that. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Tomo absolutely uh, pulls an A-plus move, which is uh, pushes her to the ground and covers her in dishwashing soap, uh, which apparently is a a crime in Japan because then the next scene is they're in a police station. Uh, So it's and then it's after that that they figure out the whole uh, knitting thing as a form of uh, therapy. Uh, so, yeah, basically things go on, um, and it's the whole idea eventually comes to a place where Rinko uh, confesses to Makio one night that she really wants to be a mom, and Makio, being a plus boy, is absolutely supportive of that. Yeah, and they want to, they think about, yeah, uh, adopting Tomo because of the shitty, useless mom. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's it's a really good film after that. It's a lot of, like, I mean, if you've watched any Japanese slice-of-life animes or even dramas, it pretty much is just that full whimsy. Uh, there's that scene where they actually burn all the cocks, and uh, they're discussing it, and uh, was it... Uh, yeah, fucking... it's an incredibly tender moment. Yeah, where uh, Tomo burn asks... all the dicks. Yeah, <laughs> where Tomo asks Rinko how they're going to make the vagina, and fucking Rinko just turns one of the stops, sucks, stop, uh, the, the knitted socks inside out. And fucking just like there's this echo of wow, or and Macchio uh, just like is not interested <laughs> yeah, he's in just drinking a beer. 
it's hot dog theory. You don't want to fucking know how it's made. Which again is like um, the the ideal the ideal cis buff is the one who is just like not interested at all. Because like yeah, no. I support you no matter what. I'm just gonna drink my beer. I just want to grill. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of drinking in this film, which we absolutely support. It made me drink. Um, and so uh, eventually, yeah, there is also a scene where um, uh, fucking Rinko ends up in the hospital and she's forced to go into the men's ward because her birth certificate still says male. And uh, Tomo and Makio both try to throw down to help her get into, I guess, the women's section. Uh, but the uh, hospital is not going to go with that. And we'll get into why that is in a second. Um, and then uh, basically uh, there comes a time where because, uh, or is it the, the gay best friend ends up hanging out with Tomo and Rinko and they have a good time together and the gay best friend's uh, mom sees them and rips up a love letter he was writing uh, in his uh, bedroom and basically the young boy tries to kill himself with a pill overdose, which was very sad. Um, and also, I mean, like, I thought, I felt it was fitting. Normally, I think these things can be tropey, but I think they did a pretty good job of it. And uh, after that, once it's kind no, of... the uh, way he arranged the pills into a fish... Yeah, and like the uh. whole thing, the, the 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 juxtaposition with the music as well as he's playing violin was very good. And then there's one last scene before we're getting to the ending part, which is that uh, somebody calls Child Protective Services on Rinko. I'm assuming it's I'm assuming it's gay best friend's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was about to say. I it I'm is. Pretty sure it's, that was the implication. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's the case. Um, and uh, that goes by without a hitch because uh, Tomo is like, no, these people are cool. And so as things are kind of uh, looking up and this family is coming very close-knit, ha, um, they, uh, the uh, shitty mom comes back uh, and basically says, well, the relationship didn't work out and I'm broke, so uh, hey, Tomo, let's go home. And uh, Makio and Rinko basically say, look, uh, or Makio more basically says, like, look, you, you're shit at this. You're not very responsible. Um, Tomo's having a good time here. Rinko wants to be a mom. And then the the shitty mom basically goes on, uh, uh, like, goes off on Rinko as she uh, basically says, like, you're not a real woman. You don't know what it's like to be a mom. That was, bef- like, there was a line before that, like, before she goes off where she's like, being a woman comes before being a mom. Yeah. Oh, and I, yeah. There's, like, there, I, yeah, I'm not going to get, I, I want to go over that, but let's, let, I'll finish the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's lots of low blows. And then eventually um, it's one of those things where even uh, Tomo basically calls on her mom. just like, you know, Rinko does all these things. She makes me cute bento. She holds me. She, you know, we sleep in the same room because it's just a one bedroom place. And, uh, you know, it's like, why don't you do that for me? And the mom basically says, because I don't know how. Um, and one of the things I didn't really bring up too much in the synopsis is that the, the mom is basically understood to be not very nice. This is the one that's in the nursing home that Rinko is taking care of. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I don't think you mentioned that at all. Like that um, Rinko yeah. was, Rinko is uh, Tomo's grandma's nurse. And that's how she met, um, what's it, Maiko? Or... Yeah, Macchio. Yeah, that's Macchio. how that. So that's how they met, and so you're also seeing how um, Tomo's grandmother's like own relationship with knitting, and how she used it because she was in a shitty, like a, a abusive relationship, and then her husband left. So then she used that as basically something to do, and also used it as a coping mechanism. And then there was like, God, what an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Yeah, because she like yeah, the grandma like knits all of her anger at her shitty cheating like, despicable husband into all of the things she knit, and, like, she couldn't give the knitting to anyone because no one wanted it, so she just kept it. And then suddenly her husband came back as a corpse because they were still married and he had died, and they sent the corpse to her. So she buried him with all of the knitting, infused with her rage. Which is very similar yeah, to like, the um, pile of dicks. Fucking like queen. Iconic. Yeah. 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 No, there. that was, and, like, yeah, it was a good point to, like, highlight the generational abuse, um, and the movie basically concludes with um, Tomo going back with her mom with the idea that the mom is going to, you know, there's an indication the mom may try to do better and try to overcome this. It's a really, um, it's and, a bittersweet ending because, you know, you kind of, yeah. you kind of expect them for uh, Tomo to stay with like Rinko and them and be- them become a family. But she actually has become so healthy that she wants to go help her mom and it's like so which means is really sad obviously sad for Rinko but it's like a very bittersweet ending but it's like yeah she became so 
healthy that that's what she wanted to do. Yeah, it's a good ending, but it's like, like it's a good ending, but it's not one of those like I would have liked it to have been a certain other way. But that's just a personal thing. But um, so yeah, basically Tomo goes back, but Rinko gives a present um, to Tomo before she leaves. When Tomo gets home, she opens the present, and there are a, a pair of knitted breasts. And uh, then the film basically ends with Tomo holding the two breasts and kind of smiling a little Watch bit. Watch Echoes. I don't know if you, did you mention the, um, the, the flashback of um, Rinko's childhood? Uh, no, I did not. If you want to just quickly touch on yeah, that. Yeah, because that ec- basically echoed a conversation with, uh, between Tomo and Rinko's mom, where she was talking about, who's like a very like over, kind of overbearing, overprotective, very intense woman who and they have a flashback to Rinko, you know, being an angry, sad kid who like, you know, is like sitting sit, sit, sitting in uh, their room and is crying, and then their mom comes in and is like, oh, I want, mm-hmm. it's like, a, mom, I want breasts, like, and then it's like, oh, but yeah. Rin, Rin Chan, it's okay because you're a girl, and then cries and then ends up uh, knitting Rinko uh, a pair of like a pair of like knit breasts to put into like a like bra. Yeah, and adorable. So, yeah. yeah, very very cute. Yeah. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. Um, like, and I mean, like, yeah. There's a lot of things to this movie, which is kind of why it's hard to do a synopsis because this is one of the few movies I've seen where like nothing was wasted and everything was like perfectly balanced in terms of importance to the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so basically the ending is bittersweet. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was basically kind of the general gist of the film. Outside of that, but like first off, like as a movie. Ignoring the representation, I felt it was pretty good. Uh, like, I don't know. Like I said, I don't feel like anything was wasted in it. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. Like, as it had, uh, I liked the color palette. The soundtrack was really good in terms of, like, they used some really good uh, orchestral scores to highlight some points. Uh, it's basically very slice of life, which is, you know, Jap- I don't think anybody does slice of life films quite like uh, Japan. Yeah. So uh, before we kind of get into the representation, stuff like that, I just wanted to kind of quickly go over things. Uh as some of you may know, uh, we're white, uh, and we apologize for that. But beyond, well, I mean, beyond I'm, that, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm Irish, but you know, yeah, it's okay, close, close enough. I'm one thirty, I'm one thirty second Métis. Um, so, uh, but um, so because of that, we have to understand that the and and the difficulty. Just because in, you ate some in, bannock doesn't mean you're one thirty. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, there are some different feelings towards LGBT folks in Asia as opposed to North America. So, uh, for all our listeners, just kind of a, kind of a brief overview of LGBT, um, I guess, progress rights in Japan, uh, specifically. So by, uh, most of Asia standards, uh, it is fairly progressive. It still doesn't say a lot, but it is probably the most progressive in Asia. Marriage protections not afforded to same-sex couples, although some cities do offer symbolic partnership certificates, which doesn't really amount to much in situations, but it's no, it's basically not legally binding, but it's more of a, everyone be nice. Um, this is interestingly, um, like eclipsed by the fact that most people in Japan are actually, uh, for gay equality, uh, with 54% reporting and 36, uh, saying that absolutely not, but the age, uh, age lines are what the big differentiating things are. So I think as the older generation dies off, that should change. Uh, when it comes to transgender folks, uh, they're allowed to change their birth certificate sex, but only after surgery and sterilization, which is not, I mean, that's not great. Um, yeah. But, I mean, surgery is sterilization. Yeah. I mean, it can be, but like for trans, it also goes for trans men as well. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's a two way yeah, street. Sure. Um, so it's not the greatest there, but at least they do offer uh, uh, changes on the form. Um, gay, interestingly enough, this is a little bit of tinfer, uh, information. Uh, gay sex was only illegal in Japan for eight years. Prior to 1872 and after 1880, it was okay. But for that eight-year period, it was illegal, which is okay. Yeah, <laughs> the late 90s to the like, early 2000s. They just needed everybody to just take. <laughs> they just needed everybody to just relax for a couple of years before they turned on, turned the gay back on. They're like. There was too many people getting atta- uh, like attracted to pixelated dick, and they just needed to curb that. Just as an as an austerity measure, we needed to, to get rid of gay for. <laughs> <laughs> but you can years. marry octopus. That is fine. Um, so uh, queer folks are still not allowed to adopt in Japan. However, in Osaka, you can foster. You can become, you can become foster parents. Yeah, although I'm assuming that um, because in the movie, 
Rinko's like, I'll like we can adopt her if I change my sex. Like I'm assuming that. Yeah, I would. I would imagine that, at that point in time yeah. it should be okay. Um, so um, there is a. I mean, another piece of information. Uh, the term uh, that most is most commonly used to describe same-sex couples in Japan is dosei aisha, which means same-sex love person. I fucking love that. Um, and then as of 2019, orientation and gender expressions are still not protected under law. Uh, and then the final point is, is that even though the main party is not for uh, gay marriage, they have no problems with it. Uh, however, most of the other pro- the parties are in favor of pro-LGBT legislation. Uh, and that's coming from the Constitutional Dem- Democratic Party, the Social Democratic Party, and of course, our friends, the Communist Party. Japan has a really big Communist Party. Like, nobody talks about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I didn't know they had a Communist Party, but then afterwards, I'm like, I guess that kind of Yeah, it's, it's like one of their biggest parties. Like, it's like them and, them and India both have, like, just surprisingly large, like, Communist uh, presence. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, a brief overview. It's not very progressive by, let's say, for example, if we compare it to something like BC or Canada. Um, but it is still, by Asia standards, quite progressive. And the reason that we bring this up is because there are some things in this film that, if we look through the lies critically, or look through the eyes critically of maybe say uh, Western values, it might seem like it's not as progressive. But I'd like to give credit where credit is due. And so, yeah. Without with that being said, and now we kind of all understand, let's talk about this movie. Uh, so yeah, fucking motherhood. 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 Uh, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Shit, like, where do we start? There's so much to this fucking I'm gonna fucking go cry. Film. Yeah. God, I, <laughs> I cried. I, like, teared up at least three separate times in this movie. Yeah. I've watched this movie at least three times, and every single time, it's just, like, it just breaks my fucking heart. Like, the parts where it's, like, okay, like, okay, how do I, how do I gently, I'm trying to, like, review this objectively and not <laughs> project so much onto this. There is, I think they did an amazing job of what it feels like to be a trans mom and the difficulties that come with that. I mean, okay, like, first off, coming of age film, yeah, before we get to that, coming age film, I think they did a really good job. They showed a really good uh, sign of, like, a kid who may not know much about uh, same-sex attraction or orientation uh, or gender identity, like, coming to terms with it and the kind of interesting, awkward questions that they have along the way. Yeah, and especially mm-hmm. for telling a lot, telling these stories, it does help to, especially if it's something that's being made for an audience that maybe isn't super used to trans stuff, putting the sort of journey of Rinko through the eyes of a child, which is almost like a, you know, an unaligned observer is a is a really good choice yeah so yeah, that's actually a really like, that's a really good point yeah the frame the framing of this entirely is like very very good because it uses a like you know an, an innocent like a kid who's like an innocent kid who is going through her own journey and has is set the, and doesn't have any preconceptions yeah like at a kid who like yeah. is able to like realistically like change pretty drastically over a relatively short period of time yeah and i mean like yeah, kids are pretty good about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just one of those, once once they kind of, like, I don't know, once she kind of saw Rinko as something else other than this weird thing she didn't understand, like, it, it really picked up from there. Well, plus, because she was experiencing it in a, va- in a vacuum. Like, she didn't have her mom yeah. there to, like, say anything, which is, like, you know, as opposed to the um, gay kid who constantly was like, oh, she should, that girl shouldn't be hanging out with a person like that. Oh, that's weird. And like, didn't even, could, didn't even like say like yeah. anything specific it was like, oh, it's just weird. It's sinful. It's not good. Like, which is why like the uh, gay kid like kind of internalized, internalized that. And it showed what a kid who's just experiencing people like by, by herself, like versus a kid who's having like sort of hate and fear imposed upon them yeah and it's also like it's also a um i I guess it's a really good example of like there's there are i guess there are some awkward questions to ask and i I really liked your point about the whole idea of like using the coming of age thing as a as a as a method of like allowing the audience to experience the awkward questions they want to ask but are unsure how to um so yeah like i i liked that it showed like how she grew in that um the whole uh intergenerational 
fucking uh, abuse that kind of comes from it. Like a lot of the stuff was like transphobia was in there, but at the same time too, it was mostly about the abuse that came from the generation before, which I think is interesting because a lot of like transphobia and homophobia comes from the generation before, not necessarily this one. Every generation tends to be more accepting uh, to the next. Um, so I, yeah. Now, like in terms of just like now the trans representation, I don't know. I I can't. I, mean, I have not seen a film where I felt as represented mm-hmm. in terms of like the awkwardness of it. Like I, it's funny that this is movies from Asia, and yet like it's it perfectly encapsulates it. Like I remember, like Christ, even some of the mm-hmm. outfits that fucking uh, Rinko wears. Oh, I yeah. have something similar. Oh god, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. like literally that's why I said this movie was made specifically for you. Yeah, it was. It was like. Like everything, like down to like making the bento box, and like, and this is something actually I wanted to ask you both about. Like, it's a, and you know, it's kind of a little off topic, but it, it's related to this, which is it's it's a turf talking point, but I'd like to discuss it, which is the idea of the performative, uh, whereas basically like I like a lot of people would look at that and be like, well, she's playing a stereotypical role, therefore it's kind of like you know a commentary on what it means to be a woman, uh, but at the same time too, like a lot of that was really. I don't know. Like, I feel a lot of that same way. Like, making cute sandwiches. I cut, like, I, you put smiley faces in Rain's sandwich or stuff like that. Or every once in a while, I'll throw in something that makes her happy. Like, I think that, like, I don't think she was being performative because she felt like that was the way that she would uh, come across as a woman. I think that that was just how she was. And I think they did a really good job of showing mm-hmm. that. Because well, at no point in time did they feel like, oh, she's just acting this way. Well, that's good. Well, I mean like gender is just a part of culture so Mm -hmm. like if you and also like everybody unless you are specifically interrogating it like everybody does things because they think that that's the that's the thing that the type of person that they think they should be would be doing and like if you only end right your sense of self is built by like reflections of the things around you yeah, like, um, we're all performing, and, you know, this kind of thing doesn't get interrogated in cis women the way it gets interrogated in trans women. Totally. Also, like, in a relatively sort of conservative culture especially, but even more broadly, like, womanhood gets scrutinized a lot, and so if you're wanting to not rock the boat and at least sort of find some kind of comfortable place, that might mean embracing some of that stuff. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, like it, the the turf talking point of that is so fucking stupid because yeah. it just totally neglects any of the context of it. Yeah, I personally also just uh, forgive me for digressing, but one uh, turf thing that reminded me of turking turf talking points was the way that the f- was the way that Rinko's mom acted, like especially in the flashback where she was so sort of quick to where like it just because like obviously she was supportive but this like super overbearing mo- mother with this sort of like soft quiet dad and her like yeah. immediately like using like female pronouns even before Rinko was you know not like she wasn't using female pronouns like for the, the female uh suffix for Rinchan like before even coming out and just immediately like oh of course you want breasts because you're a girl like I could see like a turf watching that and having their sort of conceptions about uh, parents, like overly liberal parents, imposing gender identity onto their Force kids. Force femming their kids. Literally, yeah. yeah. So that's that's <laughs> something that obviously, like, I think that my like Western brainworms are putting there, and it's probably not yeah. applicable. Yeah. But that's that's the something that was definitely I thought of. I mean, Ringo's mom was not perfectly supportive either. Like the the scene, especially where they're like at dinner with. Fuck, what's her boyfriend's name again? Irrelevant cuck. (laughs) (laughs) When they're at dinner with the simp um, and Tomo and the dad, like, Rinko's mom is, like, um, talking about how lucky Rinko is that her boyfriend's parents are dead or dying because they wouldn't support her. Yeah. And how lucky they are that she managed to find a husband when she, they never expected that she would. Like you gotta, lo- you gotta love well-meaning liberals. Yeah. So fucking painful to sit through that scene. I think like the way I, the reason I didn't see it as much that way is, is that I felt like that part was in there to offer an explanation for the knitting. Um, and to kind of, because there was so much more in this film to focus on. So it was kind of rushed through. 
um i don't know like the scene where she's sitting in the office where the the principal and the 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 really aggressive for some reason gym teacher is like calling i mean he's just a gym teacher that's just gym teachers okay maybe it's been a while I like just calling them out and she's kind of like not quite sure what to say. So I agree though. Like, I guess some people could look at that and be like, well, you know, she's imposing the whole gender thing on her because it's the overbearing mother. It's very Freudian, but at the same time too, like, I don't know. I liked that mom. She was fucking awesome. Like I get it because at the same time too, like there's that maternal instinct of just like wanting to protect your kid. But at the same time too, of like i don't know like i like given like what, what i just said about like culture and lgbt culture in japan like i could get the idea of a mom in that situation being a little more aggressive than maybe in like a liberal country um but uh yeah i mean like, either way it's a fair point and i don't know like i like the i like god there's just so much like everything about it it's not even like it needs to be overly analyzed it was just adorable um like, but even, like, the whole idea of, like, fucking uh, Arinko having to, like, talk about, like, you know, when she talk, when she opens up to Makio about wanting to be a mom, and there's this awkward thing where she's like, oh, you just think I'm being silly or dumb or something like that. And then Makio... Yeah, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> but Makio, like, returns with, like, a really good line, which is just like, I love you and I will support you no matter what. And yeah, I'm not just playing with you. I'm in this for keeps. Oh, like, yeah. my heart. Oh, that all was... of your feelings matter to me. Yeah, oh. like it's it's like, like I don't <sighs> I don't like to like oh you know look at look over the tr- look over the cis male ally like I don't like to do that as much but like goddamn we need more Macios in the world. Can we talk about can we talk about the boobs thing? Okay, yeah. So we should probably touch on this real quickly. Uh, we should touch on the boobs. I mean, there was the scene where like, um, Rinka like had like offered for Tomo to like touch her tits because they're like fake tits yeah i did not know what to make of that scene at all so yeah so uh two things about that um so uh first off i asked a friend of mine who is japanese about that and though i didn't really get into it because we were doing other things at the time um he did mention or sorry she did mention that uh it's a cultural thing but didn't really get into how it is so i don't feel like i there's some parts to it that I don't feel qualified to comment on it. Yeah, <laughs> there's that, but also too. So, and, and I wanted to take it from a different possession as well. So during today, actually on Twitter and on the uh, subreddit two X chromosomes, which is surprisingly trans supportive. Um, <laughs> I did ask the question. I'm like, Hey, for uh, women, you know, for, you know, cis women that grew up, did your, was this a thing your moms did? And like to some degree or another, the answer was yes. Um, and so, like, okay. some of them had, like, everyone had wildly different opinions, especially, you know, it's the internet, everyone's got their take. But, like, apparently this was a thing. Was, one person even said that their dad was supportive of it, and, like, when they went to go buy a bra, he wore the bra on his head and pretended he was Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> in the store. So, I mean, like, there's, I, there is, it, it could be one of those things where, and I know certainly the first time I watched it as well, it was kind of uncomfortable, because I'm like, eh, it's, like, it's kind of why are you grabbing that? That's, that seems a little overboard, but there might be more to it than just the simple. It's creepy. Well, it's not creepy, like it it in the context of the movie and like the the obvious sort of connotation of it. Right, isn't creepy. Like Rinko is like not even remotely creepy, mm-hmm. but it's it's just like maybe it's literally just my internalized transphobia where I'm like I would literally never ever say something like that to a kid because it just is like inherently creepy like i assume that other people would see it as such well then like later but later later on um uh Ran- T- tomo t- like is i can't remember they're having like a kind of a sad like touching like personal moment and then tomo just kind of like grabs the boob and is like i think it's supposed to like like it just rep- clearly like represents something mm-hmm. yeah like a cl- like a sort of um Familial intimacy, I guess, like a mother-daughter intimacy. Yeah, and like it also, yeah. kind of, it all ironically, even though they're like fake boobs, it sort of represents the realness of uh, Rinko, I guess, and just sort of yeah, them, the, them, the mother-daughter realness. Yeah, them recognizing each other. Yeah, and I mean, like the knitting yeah. was the overarching theme of this across like all of the all of the storylines. Uh, you know, knitting to kind of getting over abuse, knitting to. Uh, look forward to the future, knitting so that way it's like a, you know, acknowledgement or bonding moment. Um, and so, I don't know, like, it's, I, I say... Really knitting, knitted cocks at your adopted daughter, yeah. but like, it's sweet somehow. 
<laughs> snowballed knit cockfight. I liked it. And yeah, the whole fucking uh, bonfire scene where they all set it on fire. Yeah, I would absolutely do something like that. Mm-hmm. The uh, I also want to give up to, in, even though she was only in there in a limited sense, uh, Tomo's mom, It like for what she was, she did a really good job. But that whole scene where Tomo's mom confronts uh, Rinko and Makio, uh, like I wanted to bitch slap that mom so badly. Like everything she said was like a triggering word. I don't like to use the word actual triggering, but like it was. I'm just like fuck, because I find it like a lot of sense. And the few trans mm-hmm. moms that I do know, like there's so much more on the line. Like if I don't know, and this might be an overgeneralization, but I find for like a lot of cis moms, like if you fuck up as a mom, you still have a lot of elements, and that you can like you don't question your your I guess femininity in that. Um, whereas yeah, like, well, and your 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 validity as a mom. Yeah. Um, not just like as a woman, but like as a mother, like, like your ability to be a mother is always sort of under question just because of your transness. And so yeah. you feel the scrutiny and you impose the scrutiny on yourself. Yeah. And I mean, like it does happen sometimes when I hang out with Reigns, like if I have with Reigns with her friends and I'm there and there's other moms, like, it's just like, like it feels like all eyes on. And I mean, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like a lot of that is on me because a lot of these people are fairly yeah. nice. But at the same time, too, like, there is, it does, I thought this movie did a really good job of showing, like, the stakes and, like, the difficulty. I remember when I was little, like, before I figured out the whole wanting to be, you know, transition thing, I always remembered I wanted to be a mom. And so, like, watching little things like how, like, how she responded, or how Rinko responded to Tomo living there was a lot like how I felt growing up. So, surprisingly, even though this was really... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I... It makes sense that you wouldn't have figured out you were trans from that because every little boy wants to be a mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's just normal. Okay, That's fair just enough. normal shit. I'll, I'll go have a conversation with Passini. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was. I like the fact that they showed stuff as well. Like, I don't know. The drinking was nice. I like the fact that they drank and there was just... They showed like, the same time too. It wasn't always just very soft and feminine. Literally, mm-hmm. I don't have a bad thing to say about fucking Rinko. Like, I don't. The representation was perfect. I'm shocked. Considering that this was written by like... like as far as I can tell, a cishet woman. I... The, it's perfect. Like, there's literally... It shows the complexity yeah. of the relationship in terms of how that affects your yeah. own identity coming to terms with acknowledging that and like i don't know like uh, for queer parents like sometimes they do put a little more effort in because they know what's on the line if they don't god just there's just that one scene where um that i found so heartbreaking which was when rinko was talking to tomo um after she had sprayed like bitch mom with dish soap and yeah. got taken to the police officers like the police yes <laughs> the police station. got involved um, and and afterward like Tomo's like, what, what do I do when I, like, about that bullshit, like, about that shit, like, how, how do I deal with this anger? Yeah. And, um, Rinko's like, you bottle it up, you, you, you suppress it, like, you, you just deal with it, and you don't let it out, because it makes things worse. And, like, that was so fucking heartbreaking, but it was so real. Yeah. Like, it sucks, but that is how you deal, and, like, the fact that she had to teach this kid who just wanted to protect this, like, person that she loved, and like cares for and from like what she correctly identifies as like awful like hateful bullshit yeah but can't it's just so heartbreaking yeah it i mean it happens i remember bug came one time and she was in tears because um I, she was waiting i was like i came to pick her up after school and i was like a few seconds late and a couple of the kids had already come out and rain came to me in tears because uh she had had a conversation with a, uh, one of her friends and i guess the friend's parent was there and somehow it came up that I was trans and the parent basically told her like, no, you have a dad. Um, and so mm-hmm. like rain was upset because rain tried to like actually stand up for it. And like, mm-hmm. and just like, like, I, and that was actually a very similar conversation I had with Buck at the time. I'm like, look, this happens. We just have to go with it and know that those people are wrong and that they're sad and that's all we can do. Um, and so like, it's, it kind of shows like a healthy coping mechanism because I think I find in terms of real life, like everybody has to have that coping mechanism uh, especially when you're queer, regarding the shit you have to deal with and what do you do with it, those feelings inside, because, you know, you, you can't let them out. Otherwise, like, some terrible things could happen. And I find, like, this movie did a really good job of highlighting, like, a healthy coping mechanism. It's it's fucking knitting. I mean, there's, it, it was a perfect... And setting fire to 108 cocks. Like, that was... 
I think that was a really good example of like a healthy mm-hmm. coping mechanism. Plus, like she just you know she had a good job and she had like you know a good good support network and she played video games. Like she had like a healthy life and that she was able to like turn turn to as well. Like she didn't have any sort of her like the negativity didn't bring her down. Yeah, I almost want to find a flaw in this movie just so I can fucking riff on it, but there's nothing. Like everything had its place in this film. Everything was perfectly thought out from the point of view of a trans um, person. I think another thing another thing that was kind of interesting was how cuz the 108 thing she said was like a Buddhist uh some Buddhist mm. thing about how, you know, you have 108 worldly desires and all this and there's she had like there was other mm-hmm. like talks about like oh if you carry a coin from your your birth year it's lucky and you know, she also like had like a certain amount of like she also had faith as a part of her life and that didn't hold her back as well. That also supported her, which again, bounced against mm-hmm. the, uh, the kid who the, like the gay kid who tried to commit suicide, how it was said that, Oh, like that's like, my mom said that was sinful and how it shows like how having a certain amount of faith can be like healthy as a queer person, as well as like how it can be dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and like, it was also good because I think like it was very much touching on like the Buddhist ideology of like queer folks or the Buddhist focus on queer folks versus like maybe for example the Christian focus on it because uh, I mean like I like the like a lot of the Buddhists like like her friend like she went to her friend's wedding and it was a, at a Buddhist temple and everyone was okay with it like there was no problems there and so I like and I assume that she knew so I don't know like it was just it's a heartwarming film it was two hours and it didn't feel long at all like mm-hmm. I mean I can't think of what else to say other than how do we feel about this movie, unless there's something else you guys want to talk about, because I can't think of anything else. No, I got nothing. No. Yeah. It's a perfect it's fucking good. film. Like I just Watch it. Yeah, it's free online. You can watch literally it. just look it up, sit, take some time, go watch it. I mean, I don't know if it's free online. We, like, streamed it on some uh, Yeah, if you, can f- if you can find a legal way to get it with subtitles, then please do it's well actually so just so we're clear yeah. on this it's actually it is legal for us to stream it over here because it's not licensed in north america uh so therefore it is okay to watch without any legality well that's i also torrent all of my movies on the mcbarge well. and international waters <laughs> and so technically oh, fuck. i can watch any movie legally yeah coming to you live from the great pacific garbage island <laughs> Fucking a. So yeah, perfect fucking movie. Close knit. Please, for the love of God, go see this movie. It's great. It's fabulous. And honestly, like I would say, like this is one of those films. Like if you had a friend that maybe had questions, or like maybe a family member who you know didn't know what to, you know you wanted to show them something. I would say honestly, this is a pretty good film oh, to show them. One quick like, thing, as yeah. far as I know, as far as I know, the uh, Rinka was played by a cis man. And I never really, yeah. but also I, it, I was done super tastefully and I never really had a problem with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it would have been better if they had a trans woman. Cause like, there's not even any like out of, out of transition, like scenes with this act, with this actor. But I, it was, I still think it was well done. Yeah. It, I mean, and again, I kind of come back to the point where we have to kind of judge this based on different standards because of LGBT rep in Japan. Um, but I agree with you, which is just like, it would have been nice there. I guess that's the only critique of the film, really. It's just like that would have been good, but even then, I thought everything was. Well, what's the what's the gay child actor actually gay? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't take anything seriously, can I? (laughs) Hey, kid, do you like dick? What? So yeah, basically, uh, close knit. Please go watch it. Uh, Thank you all again uh, for listening in. Fucking. I hope we're back on a schedule. We're probably going to switch back to bi-weekly. Honestly, it was uh, a bit taxing yeah, to do every week. It's a bit too much. Um, especially since too much. I'm going back to school. Uh, Amy's in school. Re is getting schooled. Um, so there is uh, by life in general. I love to be in school. I'm just, I like to put on my little backpack and go, go, to, go to campus. <laughs> You can knit your cocks on the bus, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so yeah, we'll probably switch over to bi-weekly, but we would like to give a huge thank out uh, to uh, three new patrons who supported us during our absence. Um, so thanks everybody. 
Uh, we, this is great. Uh, we have enough, like I said, for our hosting costs and hopefully a little bit more. We definitely have more. Yeah, we definitely have more. Um, we will try to figure out what to do with that in terms of returning that to all of you. I mean, like, honestly, thank you all again for bearing with us as we get on the schedule. I, like, yeah, I'm fucking going back to school. It's great. I'm looking for, I'm so fucking excited about this. I've been, I put off going back to school a long time ago and I'm finally picking it up. And it's great. And it like fucking rules. Yeah, and it, it, and it, they liked my portfolio, which is great. I didn't expect that. So didn't you say that like the podcast like trans yeah. counted as trans so, activism? Yeah. So and helped you get into school. This is so, unbelievable. So like for anybody who's seen my art on Twitter, uh, I fucking like do like weird like parent like I usually like spooky shit. I, I like to do stuff with dicks uh, and inappropriate art. Uh, but I, I, so I showed a bunch of this like horror art to this dude and he was a nice prof, but he's like, oh, I can really see your trans activism in this. And literally it's just a picture of like Cthulhu with a dick. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's totally it. <laughs> um, he's like, cool. He's like, you know, he's like, that's really good trans activism. I'm like, I guess it is. Sure. Cool. Please don't <laughs> ever listen to this I, show. I wonder, I wonder if he's listened to any of it. Oh God, please. No, please. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have to submit this portfolio. If he's wa- if he's listening, what can I say on the podcast to get you totally disqualified <laughs> from <laughs> from any future consideration? It's an art teacher, so I don't know, man. Kombucha sucks. I don't fucking know what to say. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, thanks to this podcast, and thanks to all of you. I managed to get back into school um, at one of the more difficult schools to get into. So, thank you. <laughs> anyways, I'm Madeline Hops. Uh, I guess it's been a while, so I'm at rabbit underscore is dead on Twitter and Twitch. I'm Ree Carter at R-H-I-R-H-I-C-A-R-T-E-R. I'm Amy. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender Ashtray, or you can Go on send me Tinder. a letter <laughs> Go on if Tinder. you stalk me and find my address. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Also, I don't do anything. We're actually going to introduce a new Patreon tier where we give Amy's address. Um, So uh, look forward to that. (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) Just bet for twenty dollars a month, you can get access to the feet only stream. That's the the simp jar tier. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks everybody again, and we'll see you all again in two weeks. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.